We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire NFL DFS podcast. Believe it or not, we are at week 10. We are sponsored by FanDuel as usual. Uh, I'm Scott Jensted, joined tonight by Vlad Sedler. Uh, if you could please rate or review the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that. Those ratings and reviews are very important. Uh, you can listen to us on the Rotowire Fantasy Football feed or the Rotowire DFS feed. We are on both those feeds, so uh, make sure to subscribe to those. Uh, check us out, and uh, if, you, if you like it, uh, definitely leave a review. Uh, Vlad, how are you tonight? I'm great. Uh, having a, a good week so far, just as, as far as life is concerned. Uh, had a nice little uh, R&R weekend, the uh, annual pilgrimage to Arizona uh, with a lot of the Rotowire guys. So always great to, to catch up with those guys, especially, you know, obviously a lot of them based out of Madison. Uh, and so I, uh, I decided to only set a single FanDuel lineup. Uh, just, you know, entered a bunch of things, mostly single entries, entered some cash and, uh, you know, ended up falling short. Uh, you know, I ended up uh, punting at running back and and hit on Damian Williams. Uh, but basically, I was, you know, not. Uh, I, I did not jump into the Trey Burton fold uh, like I should have after the news. You know, that Ertz was guaranteed to be out. Burton right. was going to step up at min salary, and I ended up going with Cameron Brait, who I think had like one catch for seven yards, and so um, fell short just by a few. Uh, you know, a few good pieces of the lineup, but. Um, you know, I, I love to build multiple lineups. I can't just go into it with one. 
So uh, it's time to rebuild for this week. Yeah, I hear you. This has been it's been a strange year. I mean, it, it feels like wide receivers. You know, last, last couple of years, wide receivers have been beasts. Everybody's been drafting them early. There's been a ton of guys who have a ton of PPR points. This year's been tough. I mean, you look at the you look at the studs. And Antonio Brown has three touchdowns. Julio has one. Mike Evans has four. AJ Green has four. Amari has three. Dez has four. Cooks has three. Those are all guys that went in the top uh, two rounds of drafts. Are always high priced in DFS. Uh, it seems crazy. There's only four run four wide receivers with more than five touchdowns this year. Yeah, it is a very it is a very strange year. Uh, but you know, we we say that pretty much every season. There's always something that that, that that's crazy, and uh, you know, these guys that we can usually rely on, like Dez and Julio. They're just not scoring touchdowns. And like you mentioned, even Antonio Brown has only three. And, you know, honestly, it's probably going to get even harder as we get into the winter and weather starts to affect the passing game. Yeah, and of the guys that have five touchdowns, you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Will Fuller on only 15 catches, uh, Michael Crabtree, and then you have Jordy Nelson, who's now pretty much dead because uh, Aaron Rodgers is out. It's uh, it's hard to, it's hard to find stud receivers. It's uh, Usually you can stack your lineups with those guys, so we really have to uh, have to try and figure out which ones we think are going to go off. You know, last week I liked Mike Evans in their game against the Saints, and they, you know he was he was terrible. Then he ended up uh, getting himself suspended for hitting Marcus Lattimore in the back. Yeah, it was definitely a crazy week. I uh, did not get to catch a lot of it except for the uh, the end of the afternoon games. So, um, and 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 what about the quarterbacks? I mean, that's pretty insane as well. I mean, you've got uh, Carson Wentz in his sophomore year leading the league with twenty three touchdowns. Uh, Deshaun Watson, who unfortunately has his season cut short, he and Alex Smith tied for nineteen. And, uh, you know, none of these guys were drafted as a top 12 or 15 quarterback. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. I mean, the Carson Wentz thing is great. I mean, I really like him. It's fun to watch. But, you know, last week, you know, face, faces Denver, who, you know, Jay just shut down quarterbacks. They shut down wide receivers. He just goes out and throws uh, throws four touchdowns. They throw up a 50-burger on Denver, and uh, the Eagles are rolling. Yeah, like like absolutely nothing. And, you know, just for, for, for season long, I mean, it just goes to show how wild and unpredictable volatile football is and how important it is. To, to really be in the loop with free agent bidding early, uh, you know, we a lot of leagues get you get a hundred dollars or a thousand free agent dollars, and honestly, can't be afraid to spend it early. Yeah, I mean, you look at we talked about Kareem Hunt a bunch last week. I really liked him going against uh, going against Dallas in a game that was gonna be high scoring, and he ends up with thirty one snaps and nine carries. It's uh, it, it was a strange week last week. There was a uh, some of the teams, the teams that won, you know, I saw a team that is, you know, Jared Goff and Todd Gurley together that won a big GPP. You had another one that was won by someone who had Jay Cutler, Jarvis Landry, and I think one of the cheap Miami running backs, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, there was one that had uh, actually a guy that won $100,000 on FanDuel, the uh, the $25 Sunday bomb. He went with a little stack in the evening game with uh, Cutler, uh, Landry, and actually Julius Thomas, who ah, had his first good game. Yeah, probably his first good game in like three years. Yeah, his first good game since he stopped playing with Peyton Manning, I think. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to week 10. We have four teams on bye this week. Um, a couple uh, that uh, – one that uh, we don't really care about, that's the Ravens, but three pretty good offense. You have the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Eagles are all off this week. So that's a lot of uh, a lot of guys that we do like to play. Uh, still a lot of studs on the slate, but uh, that takes some off. Uh, Thursday night we lose Russell Wilson. Uh, Seattle is playing at Arizona. Then Monday night is Miami at Carolina. I'm not too worried about uh, losing players in that one. So uh, it's an interesting slate. We're uh, we're starting to get towards the end of the bye weeks, getting a lot of guys that uh, you know getting healthy off their buys, uh, starting to head towards the second half of the season. We'll start with the 10 a.m. games. The first one is the uh, division-leading Minnesota Vikings heading to Washington. Uh, close line in this one. Minnesota's favored by a point and a half. Uh, Over/under is 42 and a half as they go into Washington. Uh, what do you think about uh, the Minnesota side of the ball? Um, 
It's uh, Teddy Bridgewater is on the active uh, off, active roster, but Case Keenum looks like he's still going to take the snaps behind center. Yeah, they put Sam Bradford on IR. Um, you know, I mean, not a game I'm particularly looking to load up on, uh, featuring two teams with uh, pretty solid defenses and honestly just way too many position players on each side where you just really absolutely have to nail it. Uh, I do like the Vikings to probably squeeze this one out uh, fresh off a bye, possibly finish somewhere, you know, around 24 to 21, perhaps just over that 42 and a half total. Uh, My favorite target on the Viking side has to be Adam Thielen. Uh, He's been an absolute target monster, seeing double digit targets in each of his three games prior to the bye. And he's got that great matchup against slot corner Kendall Fuller who was the main guy in coverage against Dougie Baldwin last week, who ended up catching seven balls for 108 yards. Yeah, you figure with Josh Norman back, he's probably going to see a lot of Stephon Diggs on that on that side. Uh, Diggs struggled with his first game back from the injury, four catches for 27 yards against the Browns. But, you know, finally fully healthy now, which does help. Uh, my favorite uh, guy on the Vikings is actually Kyle Rudolph. He's 5,400 this mm-hmm. week. He's uh, he's recently kind of fallen into some consistent targets finally. He has uh, 22 targets last four weeks. Um, and while the Redskins have been tough on wide receivers, uh, there are four different tight ends that have 85 yards or more on them. They've given up four touchdowns to tight ends. I don't think Rudolph will be very highly owned. There's a lot of guys in that range. I think people will, will play instead. Uh, I think Rudolph's kind of a sneaky tight end this week at 5,400. Yeah, it's funny. Actually, in my Twitter feed, uh, some somebody uh, or some company posted uh, how Kyle Rudolph is a must play in season oh, one. Oh, wow. I'm like, uh, yeah, you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like them too. I mean, the Redskins are allowing the fourth most uh, FanDuel points to opposing tight ends, uh, 13.7. Of course, that includes all tight ends of, um, you know, on, on particular teams. So right. I do like him. You know, Diggs more of a GPP play since he's going to spend that time in Norman coverage. Uh, and I like McKinnon. I mean, he's priced nicely this week at 6600 uh, Always much better on full PPR sites. And he is splitting those carries with Latavius Murray. But uh He's much more explosive. He's got that higher upside. And though uh, Latavius has had his fair share of carries, McKinnon's got at least 14 rush attempts in each of his last four games. Yeah, and he's averaging 4.4 yards per carry the last four weeks. I happen to think Latavius Murray sucks. He had that one good game, but three of his last four have been really bad. Um, yeah, I think McKinnon at 6600 is a pretty good play. Uh, I think there's just other guys I like more. It's interesting that the Redskins have been really good against kind of mediocre or decent running backs. And the only ones they've given up runs, a lot of yards to are the elite backs. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley have all hurt them. But the rest of the guys they played, no one's topped 50 yards except for those three guys. Yeah, and uh, on the Washington side of the ball, I'm not sure what you're thinking, but um, I'm not really interested in anyone here uh, against this rested Vikings defense that ranks fourth in run DVOA defense, 13th against the pass. I mean, Chris Thompson's always in the mix for me. I really like him as a player. Better for full PPR, of course. But uh, if I'm taking a running back from this game, most likely it'd be McKinnon for me. Yeah, the only guy I really like on the Washington side is Vernon Davis, and that's only if uh, Jordan Reed does not play. He's he's questionable. And you know, as you know with Jordan Reed, we just never know. Uh, Vernon had nine targets last week, six catches for 72 yards with Jordan Reed out. Um, he does have an, he has an injury himself, but they're pretty optimistic he will play. So I think if I were to go anywhere in this game, uh, Vernon Davis at 5,300, if Jordan Reed doesn't play, would be my, would be my guy I went to. Yes, and as we tape this on a Wednesday night, um, you know, Jamison Crowder looks like he is going to be ready. He missed uh, the game in Week 9. He is further ahead than Jordan Reed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Reed missed another one and then is back for Week 11. Um, but, you know, that that's what's going down um, as of Wednesday night. 
Yeah, and that's a good overall note uh, for this week. There are a ton of big-name players who are questionable this week. Uh, we also have the Ezekiel Elliott's having his hearing tomorrow. So there's a lot of guys that are kind of up in the air as of Wednesday night. So this is definitely a week to uh, check the news, check our Twitter feed, see who we if we change anybody who we like a little bit later in the week. But uh, there's a lot a lot of guys up in the air this week. It's kind of a, kind of a tough one in that regard. So our second game uh, here on the slate is. Uh, one with about 20% chance of rain. It's going to be cold. It is a division battle between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears, where, uh, I, not shockingly, I guess, for this situation, as we've seen how Green Bay has played, the Bears are favored at home by five, and we've got an over-under of 38. What do you like in this game on the Green Bay side? Not a ton. I mean, the over-under 38 is one that uh, makes me run away pretty quick. Um, I just I don't like what I see from the Packers. Mostly their game planning with Brett Hundley. It seems like they just don't trust him. They're having to throw a lot of short passes. He's not doing much deep. Um, you know, I don't know what they're doing. He's been there for three years. You think he knows the system and all that, but they seem to be overly conservative with him. It's just killing their offense right now. Yeah, I mean, the Packers have been just a truly sad state of affairs since Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Uh, just really don't see a lot of upside here this week against a, a, a decent Bears defense that uh, you know usually plays better at home. Not really interested in any of these pass catchers against Vic Fangio's bend but don't break pass defense. And I guess the only guy I would perhaps consider if I'm building 10-plus lineups is Ty Montgomery, uh, who reappeared from the dead almost, uh, getting uh, a, a decent share of the carries um, with Aaron Jones in the doghouse for no apparent reason. Uh, Jamal Williams scored that touchdown to uh, to burn people in Vegas with that uh, over-under. <laughs> um, and it's just too crowded. It's you know To be honest, it's really not a situation – worth trying to guess unless you are doing the multi-entry GPP thing. And even then you might get it wrong. It could end up being a Jamal Williams week for all we know. Yeah. I think Aaron Jones is a little more game flow. They got behind the lions and I think they just kind of went into a, a passing offense and Montgomery's a better option there. The one guy who's a little bit interesting to me, just cause he's priced down is Devontae Adams all the way down to 6,000. Um, he was, he was really poor in uh, Brett Hundley's first game, but last week Hundley really looked at me at 10 targets last week. He only had 53 yards, but he had seven catches. Hundley seems to like him a little bit. Uh, Jordy Nelson, you know, he doesn't really not really throwing deep to him. If I'm going to go anywhere, probably in a GPP, it'd be Adams at only six thousand. Yeah, that's a really good price for Adams there at six thousand, and he's been playing good ball. I mean, you know, the numbers aren't um, you know specifically sparkling as they would be if Rodgers was playing. Um, but you know, for for a guy that's gone in the basically went in the third round of season long drafts, um, I can't really call him a bust. So what about on the on the bear side of the ball? Um, starting off with the running back Jordan Howard, um, he's he's off a bye, which we always like with a running back. You know, get him rested a little bit. The volume has been there, so he's a guy that probably needed a break. Uh, at seventy two hundred, are you investing in Howard this week? Absolutely, uh, probably my favorite guy in the mid range. Uh, nice. He's in play, yeah, in play for both cash and GPPs. Uh, just a volume guy, you know, good shot at getting in the end zone this week. Um, in fact, I think he does. Averaging 20, oh, just slightly over 23 carries a game over his last six. Um, you know, Tariq the Freak Cohen is is probably their best cat, pass catcher, but Cohen's only surpassed 10 Fandle points once since week one, and he's only found the end zone twice this year. So I really like Howard here in this game. Yeah, Cohen snaps are way down, and, you know, Howard's clearly, clearly the volume guy. And the Green Bay run defense has been struggling a little bit lately. Uh, Ingram and Kamara, you know, eight against them. They had 162 yards in week seven. Uh, McKinnon had 16 for 69. Zeke had 116 on him in week five. 
Uh, Howard was not great against them in the first matchup. This is the second time the Packers and Bears are playing. Um, he had 18 carries, 53 yards the first time, but he did score, did get in the end zone. Um, I think this Green Bay team is, team is obviously different now without Rodgers. It could be a good, good game script for Howard. They're fair by five. They get up, uh, you know, seven to ten in the second half. You could see him toting the rock a lot. Yeah, and with the passing game, I mean, it looks like a decent matchup on paper for Trubisky, the rookie quarterback, but uh, the problem here are the pass catchers. I mean, just the worst bunch in the league, uh, and there are a lot of bad receiving cores in the league this year. Uh, I, I was going to say the 49ers are laughing at you right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like good one. Uh, but the Packers secondary just got shredded by uh, Golden Tate Marvin Jones for 220 yards last week. Uh, 223 combined receiving yards to uh, the Saints, Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn in the previous game right before the week eight bye. Um, I guess the only guy that I would um, remotely consider at near min salary is former Charger Dontrell Inman. So he was able to uh, he's only able to get in one practice prior to last week's game. And he was inactive for that game. But um, I mean, I personally think he, he becomes their best receiver, right? Kind of right off the bat, um, you know, a few occasions of him stepping up for the chargers last year after keenan allen went down i think he's a good disciplined route runner with decent hands so um i think he really only works best in a scenario where you're you know loading up on a team with like Lev bell and Gurley, and maybe julio you know trying to get two of julio green and brown or even gronk and you really need to pay down at that wider wide receiver three spot um might be a consideration or perhaps the, the the safest of course is to wait a week and see how things play out I'll admit that I had not even thought much about Don Trillman, but uh, I love to hear. I love to hear the you know the random super cheap guys. This is a week where a lot of the guys we're going to like are the are their super expensive guys. So we're going to need some cheap guys this week. Uh, what about the Bears defense? Uh, they do have ten sacks the last three weeks. They have eight turnovers and three touchdowns the last three weeks. Uh, they're super cheap. They're only forty three hundred facing a rookie quarterback who has not looked good. You know, Braven conservative with Brett Hundley, but you know maybe if the Bears get ahead, Hundley makes a couple mistakes. Green Bay was sacked three times last weekend by Detroit. Uh, Bears defense, someone you like? Yeah, I mean, they're on my list of, uh, right. of five or so. Okay. Yeah, if I'm paying down, definitely definitely in play. All right, moving on to the next game. Uh, interesting matchup in Indianapolis. The Steelers are headed into Indianapolis. You know, Steelers on the road are always a little bit of a different team. Steelers are fared by a, a big margin. They're fared by 10. Over-unders 44 and a half. Uh, as we get to on this podcast uh, every other week, uh, what say you with road Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, man, I mean, <laughs> this has the makings of a full spanking, um, and, and all the Steelers are, are really in play here. I think it's just really all about finding that piece or those that piece, you know, those pieces that smash among, you know, Lev Bell and Brown and, and even Juju. Um, I mean, the Steelers could legitimately beat them by, you know, 20. Uh, so I think the game sets up really well for Le'Veon Bell. Um, the Colts are obviously quite you know, worse. They're much worse against the pass, um, but they still rank 21st against the run. And they're actually the only team that's allowed uh, double digit touchdowns on the season. They've, they've allowed 10. Um, and so Bell's actually cheaper than Gurley this week. Um, but I do think I like Bell's matchup a little better. Um, you know, I think he's going to be, you know, easily a top three owned running back as he is every week on FanDuel. And I think, you know, maybe for that reason alone might be a spot to differentiate in GPPs. Yeah, I mean, it's just wild how much volume that Le'Veon Bell gets, and that's just so important with him. And especially on the road, they tend to they tend to lean on him a little bit more. The crazy thing is he just has not been that good this year. If you look at, like, pure efficiency, he's averaging 3.9 yards per carry. He's been under 4.2 in seven of his eight games, but such a good game script for him. You know, they're going to feed him. It's indoors. If they get a lead, they're going to feed him the whole second half. 
Um, you know, the, uh, Lamar Miller and Dante uh, Foreman had 94 yards against them last week. Uh, so I just I think the game script, the uh, the talent, the volume is just too good for Bell. It's hard not to play him in a lot of spots this week. Yeah, and so that really makes it tough. Um, you know, obviously it's going to be really tough unless you're you're just stacking uh, on Pittsburgh side. Um, you know, to how you're going to work Brown in into your lineups this week. I mean, this ravaged secondary of the Colts. I mean, literally stands no chance against a couple of guys like Brown and Juju. I think it's just a matter of how much damage they can do before this game gets out of hand. Uh, and as if the Colts situation uh, on defense isn't bad enough. You know, Vontae Davis didn't make the trip to Houston last week and was inactive. It's kind of a strange situation. There's really no clarity on it. And I believe today um, they announced he's going to be inactive as well. So not quite sure what's going on there. But, uh, you know, I think you can definitely build a GPP team this week, um, you know, with a full stack with Big Ben and Bell and then go with either Brown or Juju if you want to save some cap. Um, I just think it's worth noting that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster isn't cheap anymore. He's coming in at 6500 this week. Yeah, and the thing with Brown is, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be awesome. It's just a matter of uh, how the game script goes in the second half. You know, if you, if you need him to do all his damage in the first half at ninety three hundred, that gets tough. You know, he can do it. He's good enough where he can do it. But you know, hasn't stopped, hasn't topped seventy yards the last two weeks. Kind of due for a big blow up game coming off the bye. Indy really has nobody to stop him. My only concern on him is price plus game script. But you know, fading Antonio Brown, I do not think will be a smart call this week. Yeah, always tough. Um, and then, of course, I think the Steelers' defense is in play, uh, though they're on the road. I think it's a really good uh, price point for them. I mean, just, you know, shocking to me that they're so cheap. Me too. Um, what, yeah, and and what about on Indy's side of the ball? I mean, to me, I'm not really interested in anyone here. Uh, you know, Hilton's a full fade for me after going all you know all in on him last week. Um, Moncrief, really, he's just an afterthought on his own team. Um, you know, maybe just Jack Doyle. I mean, he's always intriguing, um, you know, just – he the only thing with him there is that he's the third priciest tight end on the slate at 6100 this week. Yeah, I think Doyle's more more of a cash guy to me. I just don't uh, I don't he just doesn't really explode. He's only been over 65 yards uh, once in, in recently. Pittsburgh hasn't allowed over 60 yards to a tight end all year long. So it feels like a decent floor guy to me, but priced up at 6100, I think I'm probably going to go a little bit cheaper and get guys who I think uh, you know can blow up a little more. All right, our next game on the slate, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers against well done, the Jacksonville well Jaguars. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> at the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Jags are, in, are a minus four favorite. The total at the moment is 41. Uh, how do you stand on the Chargers uh, side of the ball? Yeah, I, I, I think that I've, I've finally come around to your line of thinking on Jacksonville. I'm just not going to play any receivers against them for the time being. Quarterbacks, too. You know, uh, we, we argue a bunch about uh, cornerbacks and whether you avoid them or not, but the Jacksonville overall secondary has just been so good. I think, you know, there's no point in playing guys against them until until they show some cracks. But the interesting guy to me is Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, with teams not being able to pass against Jacksonville, you got to think Gordon's going to get involved. Uh, a bye week should be really good for him. He, he was resting his turf toe and his knee. He had been slowing down a little bit uh, from, the, from the huge start he had. Did have the 87-yarder against New England, which kind of is kind of big for him last game, but he wasn't great besides that. Um, 7,600 for Gordon. You know, you get him at a cheaper, cheaper than the top guys. I think the game script could help them. I think he could uh, get a lot of passes later in the game as they uh, they you know can't throw the receivers. Uh, Gordon's really interesting to me this week. Yeah, and and if you take a look, I don't have the the splits in front of me, but his splits on the road are just absolutely insane. I mean, 
you know, his he in, in over the last month, he had that one home game against the uh, the, the Broncos where he ended up with uh, just under five Fanduel points. Um, his uh, his previous three road games, 20 Fanduel points, 31 and a half and 31.3. So um, honestly, you know, I don't see the Chargers putting up a lot of points in this one, making this, you know, cross country trip for an early game against arguably the league's best defense. Um, you know, just not a team I really want to have a lot of exposure to. Melvin Gordon's really the only guy I'm considering. Um, you know, and even, you know, Keenan Allen, you might hear some people talking about him and obviously could uh, explode at any given time. He does have the best matchup of the bunch. And that's really, you know, I, I say the best lightly uh, against Aaron Colvin, the slot receiver there. Um, but the guy is 7,300 and he hasn't had a game over nine Fandle points since week four. So for me, just not interested. So uh, to answer your answer your query there, uh, Melvin Gordon, 374 yards and a 4.9 yards per carry in the road, 152 yards, 2.8 yards per carry on at home. That's that's a crazy split. That's a good call by you. Yep, uh, Jacksonville. You know, for me here, uh, I you know, Fournette probably my favorite straight up play of Week Ten, and uh, you know that's something here because as you know. Um, you know, I haven't played him a lot this year. I'm usually opting for the likes of Bell or Gurley, Zeke or McCoy when I'm paying up. Uh, but I just think it's a true uh, smash spot for him, really. I mean, it's it's a matchup with likely positive game script uh, against a Chargers D that ranks 26th against the run and is allowing the second most rushing yards per game to opposing running backs at th- uh, 135 yards. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that Fournette hasn't played since week six. He had, he missed one with an injury, then he had the bye week, then the disciplinary action uh, on Sunday morning last week. Sounds like he's good to go this week. Sounds like he's following rules. He tweeted uh, a picture of him showing up on time for a running back meeting, so uh, I think he's ready to go. Uh, it's crazy. He's still scored every week. I know he's uh, been kind of quiet because he hasn't been played, but should be well-rested. The Jags love to give him volume. Um, you know, the, the Chargers have been a little bit better on, on defense lately. They, they got smoked by the running backs early in the season, a little bit better lately. But uh, I don't fear this matchup at all for Fournette. At 8,700, uh, I'm definitely going to have some of him uh, in my lineups. Yeah, and, and I haven't played too much with lineup construction. But, um, you know, and we'll get to that Tampa Bay Jets game in a bit here. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you're trying to smash in those high-priced receivers like, you know, Lev Bell and, you know, two of Lev Bell and Gurley and Gordon and uh, Fournette – um, you're probably the only way you're really going to be able to do that and build a decent lineup this week is to pop in a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, uh, just 6,100 this week. Yeah, that's uh, always scary to go uh, off the map a little bit quarterback, <laughs> but 6,100 is, is definitely cheap for a guy who's starting. Um, sticking with Jacksonville, uh, Marquise Lee, I think you and I have both liked him over the years. He's kind of let us down. He's 6,000 this week. He had 12 targets last week. He's quickly becoming their number one. I know they don't throw the ball a ton, but when they do, they seem to throw it to him. He had eight catches last week. He also dropped a couple. Could have been a bigger day than it was. 28 targets the last three weeks, over 70 yards in each of the last three weeks. Uh, still only six thousand. He's kind of an intriguing player. For a guy who's been really good this month. Yeah, he's 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 good. He's this is the guy whose uh, uncle I flew with uh, prior to the season last year. I told the story in the pod a, a few years ago, and he told me he was going to finally stay healthy and break out, which he's done. Uh, the problem is, I think he's going to get that Casey Hayward treatment, uh, and I think Casey Hayward has been ramping up a little bit. He's looking better. Um, don't expect him to pass a lot, and you know, for me, it's just a pass uh, this week. Um, I am actually pretty intrigued by preseason stud D.D. Westbrook, who's off the IR now and probably set to make his debut. But um, again, I'm not going to play him. It's probably a a wait and see approach for me. But I'm interested to watch the guy because I think he's pretty explosive and could potentially be their best wide receiver. 
Yeah, I like D.D. Westbrook a lot, too. Uh, I, I play in a college fancy league, and he was a beast for me last year at Oklahoma. I just don't like guys coming off that long a stretch. You know, football is really hard. Yep. It's hard to really get in the offense. It's hard to get used a lot. I think for fantasy, we need a little more volume than that, and I'd like to watch him play for a week before I slot him in. Uh, what about the uh, Jacksonville defense? Always a play. They're up to 5,200. They only allowed 148 total yards to the Bengals last week. They only had a couple sacks, but, you know, Rivers has only been sacked five times the last four weeks. So it's kind of one of those spots where Jacksonville's expensive and they're really good, but I wonder if the Chargers are really the team you want to fade. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are just a lot of really good defenses this week that I like. Um, you know, they're interesting. They are priced up at 5,200, and they do lead the league in sacks with 35. And the other thing is they really prevent those points. I mean, no defense has has more games of allowing 10 or less points, um, you know, than Jacksonville. I mean, they're, they're, I think they have four of those those games where they, they've held the op- opponent to single digits. And so, you know, always in play. But I think we have a few options this week at defense. One other guy, uh, if uh, if the Jags do get ahead, you like Hunter Henry at all? Uh, Chargers tight end at 5,400? Uh, not particularly this week, uh, playing him in season long where I have to, especially with bye week issues, but, uh, probably not someone I'm going to attack. Um, although if I was going to target any pass catcher on the, uh, the chargers, it would be him. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. There's probably other tight ends I like more, but if I'm going to go receiver on the Chargers, it's going to be Henry, uh, moving on to the game you mentioned earlier, we have the jets visiting Tampa Bay. This is the old, uh, the old double revenge game. We have Josh McCown going against his old team and Ryan Fitzpatrick going against his old team. Uh, right down your double, alley. Double, double. I, I know how much you love narrative, so this is like your game right here. Uh, Jets are favored by two and a half on the road. Surprisingly, I never thought that we'd see the Jets favored in a road game all season long. Uh, over-under is 41 and a half, so kind of expect to be a bit of a defensive game. Uh, Josh McCown is 7,400, playing really well. We all know the Tampa Bay defense is horrendous. We've discussed that many a time. Uh, you know, Drew Brees last week was 22 of 27 for 263 and two touchdowns. It only wasn't huge because he just didn't have to throw anymore, and they ran the ball a lot. Uh, the only one, the only game that Tampa Bay D's played really well against a quarterback was that one Cam Newton game where he was terrible. I just wonder whether McCown has enough upside. Only three touchdowns, or three touchdowns in only one game this year. Only has over 300 yards once all year. At 7,400, I just don't know if he has the blow-up ability I need in a GPP. I mean, I'm not particularly interested in him. I think, you know, I could probably name at least eight other quarterbacks that I'd play uh, over him. Um, you know, it's not a very sexy game on paper. The over under is low, but I do think it has some DFS appeal. Um, I think for the jets, Robbie Anderson's price is starting to creep up is, yep. you know, he's got a touch touchdown in, in each of his last three games. Um, you obviously nailed him last week. Um, you, you know, over, over, uh, Jermaine curse, uh, we should have bet and, and you would have won. <laughs> we should have. Um, you know, me, yeah. Meanwhile, Josh McCown, he does have a good matchup against this bucks 31st ranked pass defense. Um, and it is a nice spot for him despite this low over under. And, you know, one other thing I just want to note, and obviously you can't really predict, um, can't predict much in football, let alone, uh, rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. But, um, it is interesting that McCown does have, uh, two scores that he took in himself, um, in, in, in the last four games. Yeah, that's, that is a tough one to bank on. Uh, Bobby Anderson is probably the one guy in this offense. Like you said, he's up to 6,500 though. You mentioned that. 28 targets the past four weeks. He has uh, his uh, TD in each of the past two weeks, but he seems to be the guy that if they do look downfield at him, he's been getting open. Um, he's interesting to me at 6,500. Um, again, I'm fading Austin Safarian Jenkins at 6,000. I still don't think he's any good. So uh, I was, and then I dug into it a little bit earlier today. And first of all, it's, uh, you know, obviously we both acknowledge he is not a good football player. 
but it is a really nice matchup for him. Uh, you know, just as far as, uh, you know, position grading goes, it's the best pure matchup on the board against Buck safety, uh, TJ Ward. And most importantly, and you have to imagine that they will probably feed him and at least get him one over the goal line. It is a revenge game. Yeah, he still hasn't topped 50 yards at any point during the season. He just he has to score to be good, and even if he scores, he's still not going to get a lot of points. Interesting you mentioned that on Tampa Bay, though. I, I looked at their the tight end matchups, and nobody has over 65 yards against them all years. It's interesting on, on TJ Ward. Yeah, he just sucks this year. But, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, sorry, could, sorry couldn't sell you uh, on him there. I know how you feel about ASJ, but, uh, you know, revenge game factor sort of sticks out to me. Yeah. Looking at, uh, uh, looking, looking at the tight ends they've faced, if you look at it a little bit closer, they've faced pretty much no good tight ends, only Evan Ingram. So that, uh, that kind of explains why they haven't given a bit of yards to tight ends. It's, it's an ugly list they faced it when, when, when Corby Fleener is the second best tight end they faced it, it's ugly. Yep. And then as far as that three-headed monster at running back, like I just want no part of it. Nope. Forte, Powell, even Elijah McGuire's getting in the action. Carries fluctuating from week to week. Um, you know, simply a situation I just I'm going to avoid altogether. Yeah, if I had to play someone, it would be Forte. Just I kind of like uh, I kind of like the fact that he catches the ball in the backfield. He, he scored uh, he scored twice in the last game at 77 yards rushing, but uh, just not a situation I want to touch. He's 5600. He's not cheap enough for me to to jump in there. So on the Tampa Bay side, you mentioned uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick earlier, only 6100. Um, no Mike Evans though. Uh, you're still you're still thinking about it. Yes, I am. Obviously, uh, you know, Evans uh, is a game changer, a guy that stretches the field. Um, I think what's going to happen here is you're going to see a lot of people on Deshaun Jackson. Um, I think he's going to be in the conversation as far as, uh, you know, chalkiest guys, likely top five owned wide receivers this week, uh, simply because he's going to be the main target there. And he's priced nicely at 6,300. And so, um, you know, for me, always looking for a little bit of an edge without getting too crazy contrarian. Um, and this might be the case here, but, uh, the guy, and I, and I know I mentioned to you earlier, uh, I'm a little interested in is, is Adam Humphreys. He's, uh, hasn't done anything this year. He did have a couple of good games last year, but, uh, probably going to get, uh, in the action a little bit more, get some more snaps. He's 4,800, probably my favorite punt play if I had to. And simply because, you know, again, uh, diving in a little deeper on the uh, the wide receiver cornerback stuff. Uh, Morris Claiborne is actually a pretty good cornerback, pretty good defender. I think he'll be locked in on Djax. I think it's going to open up, um, you know, f- for for Humphreys, who's going to be facing Buster Screen. Or I still can't pronounce that dude's name. Screen, whatever. Buster Screen. He is pretty much a <laughs> yeah smoke screen uh, for for opposing uh, <laughs> slot cor- uh, slot receivers. Yeah, I mean. He's, you know, he's allowed the third most receptions out of the slot this year. I think it's a good spot for him. Um, so Humphreys. And then also, I probably would go back to the well on Cameron Brait following the uh, the stoinker last week. And and probably the best bet on this on this offense to get into the uh, get into the end zone with that connection with Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I like I've been back and forth a little bit on Djax. I think that they're going to try and get him involved. But like you said, they're going to he's going to get uh, number one cornerback coverage, probably get some double teams. Hasn't had that really big breakout game with Tampa Bay. He has one game over 100 yards, only two touchdowns. Uh, Jameis Winston's missed him a lot. I just don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick can hit him deep, uh, so a little worried there. My favorite play, the one you mentioned, is Cameron Brait. If I'm going uh, going with somebody who's going to get all the all the love without Mike Evans in there, I think it's going to be him. I like guys off really bad games. He had one catch for nine yards last week. Easily his worst game of the year. First time under 60 yards in six weeks, so I think they go back to Brait. They missed him a couple times down the seam last week. He could have had a much better game. Uh, I think Brady at 5,700 is one of my favorite tight end plays. 
Yes, and let's not forget the Harvard connection, which is uh, a little stronger than uh, San Francisco's Iowa connection. So yeah, some, little, something uh, brewing there. A little, a little smarter and wittier, probably too. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, and then also, um, I mean, that's it. That's it for me on this game. So quick, real quick on Fitzpatrick though, he's sixty one hundred. It's kind of a, a lineup building question. Um, mm-hmm. Does he do enough? Do you see enough upside there to be able to play him? It's one of, one of kind of the things like you're gonna, like you said, try and smash in all the high price guys. Are you going to be playing Fitzpatrick? Are you going to be playing Fitzpatrick on one or two teams? Is he a, kind of a core guy for you? Uh, what are you going to do with him this week? First of all, I love that we've taken you one step further into the uh, the line of DFS lingo because you just said smashed, my friend. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I just I, want to point that out. I think I said that. I think I said the way you say it though, so I pushed it back on you. Okay. Um, yeah. You know what? He, he just, uh, you know, points per dollar projected for me this week. Um, you know, I, I do think that he, you know, gets 15 to, to 19 points or so, uh, you know, Fandle points and, and, and really just pops in. I think he works. Um, I don't think that, uh, you know, he gets crushed really. I think he does enough to, to, to pay off on that, you know, three X on the salary and um, really does help you get some of the higher, higher price studs in. Um, not going to play him in cash, not going to play him on the main lineup, but in GPPs where I do want to go heavier with some of the studs, I think he works. Um, and I'm not too afraid of him. Um, I think he has a good game in him this week. Yeah. And just to add to that a little bit, uh, the jets have allowed 12 passing touchdowns the last five weeks, the last five weeks, they've allowed 250 plus passing yards to everybody they faced, including 285 plus to, uh, studs, Tyrod Taylor, Matt Moore slash Jay Cutler, and Kevin Hogan slash Jason Kaiser. So they've been they've been giving up yards and, and not to not to Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady either. Yeah, I, and in general, I think this game's going over. Um, and, and I think you just convinced me to, to to build a game stack here. All right, moving on to the next one. Uh, not quite as interesting. We have Cincinnati going to Nashville to face the Titans. Tennessee's fared by four and a half over under a forty point five only. Uh, I guess the big one on the on the Cincinnati side is AJ Green. He was ejected last week. Uh, you know, he'd be playing with a chip on his shoulder. He had a, he had a bad game, then he got ejected. Uh, what do you think about AJ Green? Obviously, he's a lot taller than Adoree Jackson, who should be guarding him this week. Oh man, it's going to be embarrassing to be honest. Uh, especially after AJ Green was embarrassed last week by <laughs> lost his cool against uh, Jalen Ramsey. But uh, I mean, this game for the most part is a full fade for me. Um, just really no interest in it outside of AJ Green, who I think is going to be pissed. I think he's going to go off. Uh, I love the spot. He's actually my favorite wide receiver this week. Yeah, he's under 8,000 too, salary-wise. He's been brutal the last three weeks, 74 yards total on seven catches, so it wasn't just last week. Uh, Got to like a stud receiver coming off that bad of a stretch. Yep, uh, that that's it for me. I mean, anything there, like Mixon for you, Dalton, anything? No, maybe maybe a little bit of Tyler Croft at 5,400, probably the number two guy behind A.J. Green in that offense right now. But uh, just uh, I think there's other tight ends I just like more this week than him. Yeah, and on the Tennessee side, again, you know, very tough matchup here, though. Um, you know, it's not an awful spot for the Titans defense at home against this abomination of an off- offensive line um, in the total hovering around 40. Um, you know, DeMarco Murray put in a full practice on Wednesday. Uh, you know, that's just a, a situation that's been tough, especially for people that took DeMarco Murray in the second round of their season-long drafts. Um, you know, I figure it's just a matter of time before Derrick Henry starts to take over slowly as the lead back uh, for, for fantasy not that interested. Um, I will mention that I, I did read that Corey Davis is set up for possibly some more snaps. Um, probably going to take a little bit more, um, you know, away from Eric Decker, who is basically free at 4,600. But man, after that zero, he gave me a few weeks ago. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I could touch him. Yeah. I kind of like Corey Davis. He came back last week and played 39 snaps, got five targets. 
but uh, he's not that cheap. He's 5,800. I think he's a he's a GPP flyer for me. Kind of a tough matchup. I was hoping he was going to be cheaper. The interesting guy to me at tight end is Delaney Walker, all the way down to 5,500. He has zero touchdowns this year. you got to think some of those touchdowns are coming. Still has 23 targets last three weeks, 63 and 71 yards last two weeks. So he's been pretty good. He hasn't gotten the end zone. Uh, the one thing to monitor, he does have an ankle injury. He missed practice on Wednesday, but I think he's going to play. Um, Delaney Walker's kind of interesting to me. At 5,500, I think he's going to be really low percentage, too. Yeah, and it's the same issue that he was dealing with last week and was missing most of practice, and we weren't quite sure if he was going to play. He ended up playing. He looked good, just still hasn't got into the end zone, and so I think Delaney will play again this week unless he has some sort of setback, and uh, I think he's in the conversation among five or so tight ends that we could talk about this week. Before we move on to the next game, a quick note from our sponsor, FanDuel. Fantasy football fans, football is back, which means FanDuel is back. FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week, no busted seasons. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from, starting at $1, going up to as much as you really want to play. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. If you want to sit down and watch the exciting Niners-Giants game this week, uh, facing teams that are uh, 1-16 combined, you can pick as many guys as you want from that game. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a six a, a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes, all with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. So our next game is an interesting one. Uh, the Saints have been a tough team to figure out this year. They're running the ball a lot more than they usually do. Drew Brees uh, only has one game all year. He has three touchdowns. They're going into Buffalo to face the Bills. Saints are favored by two and a half. Over-under is 46. Uh, what do you think on the Saints offense on the road here? You know, I, I like both of these offenses in general. I'm always targeting players from them for DFS. Uh, I do have a little bit of crush on the Bills just in general. I love, love playing McCoy <laughs> and Tyrod and those guys, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't love the matchup here. As, uh, you know, we've got two teams with fairly solid defenses. Um, only the Jaguars have a better touchdown or interception ratio uh, than the Bills. Um, the Bills have 14 interceptions and have allowed just seven pass touchdowns on the season. And the last 100-yard receiver that they have allowed um, to do those 100 yards was A.J. Green all the way back in Week 5. And they're allowing just uh, 6.9 yards per uh, passing yards per attempt. And so... I think like a Breeze Thomas or maybe a G- again combo can be used, but probably better suited in GPPs. Um, you know, I know this total has one of the higher uh, it's one of the higher totals of the week, uh, but for some reason I'm going to be lighter than the field on this game. So what do we do with Michael Thomas? Uh, he's down to 7600. He was a big letdown last week, eight catches, 65 yards against you know prime matchup against uh, against the Buccaneers at home. Still had 11 targets. He's just not doing a lot, but the targets are there. He has 30 targets last three weeks. Only two touchdowns on the year. I just wonder if a little bit of a touchdown boon might be coming at some point. They do have a lot of weapons. They do run the ball a lot more than they used to. But with that amount of targets every week, you know, he's only been under 65 yards once in the last seven weeks. I just, I wonder if the big game's coming. And I keep saying that, but I just don't want to miss it when it does come. Yeah, that's true. Um, There's just options in that range and and above there that uh, that I'll, I'll be drawn to. And I don't know, it's just sort of different than it was last year where, you know, he was a beast and obviously he earned himself uh, status to be drafted at the end of the first round in season longs for this year. Uh, you know, but it was a different uh, different team last year that, that that was a lot more pass heavy. Uh, you know, they didn't they didn't have this amazing combination of, of Ingram and Kamara, um, though. I think there was a little period of time where Hightower was actually pretty decent, right? <laughs> yeah, I, if, if, Ty, if Tim Howard Tyers who's decent, who's decent uh, that pretty much says it all right there. 
Uh, so what do you do yeah. with Ingram and Kamara? Kamara is actually more expensive this week at 7,000 to uh, Ingram 6,900. Um, are you playing either one? Or are you t- fading both because they just split too much? I mean, Kamara obviously was a stud last week, won a lot of money for a lot of people. Yeah, he's a he's a real stud, Kamara. Um, like you mentioned, he's a thousand more than uh, than Ingram this week. Um, you know, you, you'd only imagine what kind of damage he'd do if he didn't have to share a workload. Um, yep. If I'm not mistaken, you know, if I'm, you know, top four in, in terms of uh, um, yards per carry in the league among you know guys that have uh, six or more carries, um, he can break one off at any time. You know, it's just not a matchup with a lot of upside for me here. Um, you know, there's just running backs that I'm more interested in in the in, in the in the price range above, and then possibly a couple of guys below that we uh, we haven't quite covered yet. Yeah, I love Kamara. I've talked about him for weeks on the podcast. I love watching him play. When I saw him play live earlier this week, I was su- or, or this year, I was super impressed. The, the only concern with him at seven thousand is you know he's not cheap anymore, and it's just the touches. The last four weeks, his, his touch has been 14, 14, 11, and sixteen. He's done a lot with them, but. You kind of have to hit a big play in limited touches. It's it's hard to bank on that every week. Yeah, and uh, yeah, actually, I was just looking back at my my Fanduel two from last week. So you know, even having Kamara and Damian Williams um, as my running back combo, which obviously pretty low percentage and pretty dicey, pretty much tells you how the rest of the uh, how how my wide receivers did last week if I was uh, not able to cash. But uh, yeah, as far as this week, um, just other options I like. I'm not too heavy on either guy. So what about uh, what about the Buffalo side? LaShawn McCoy is interesting to me. 8,300, so still pretty expensive. He was a complete bomb last week. Uh, Thursday night game against the Jets, 12 carries, 25 yards. He's been so boomer bust this year. He actually has three games with 25 yards or under rushing on the year. Uh, but, you know, the week before that, he had that big game against Oakland. Still 8,300. Uh, where do you fall on Shady this week? Uh, lukewarm, I guess you could say. Uh, the, the, the real interest for me here is uh, the fact that uh, – the Saints are just not really good against the run. They rank 28th in DVOA defense against the run. Um, you know, in that range, I'm preferring for to pay up for Fournette, uh, for Lev Bell. Um, and although he, of course, he'll 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 be catching passes regardless. Um, you know, I am afraid about uh, I am afraid of game script a little bit in this one. And New Orleans taking a bit of a lead. You want to talk about uh, low percentage GPP guy though? I think McCoy will be super low percentage this week. Like, like you said, with all those guys around him in price. I think a lot of people go away from him after the after the bomb last week. Absolutely, I I, I see that. Any uh, uh, any interest in Deontay Thompson, forty eight hundred, or is uh, just too much Marshawn Lattimore for you to to go there? No, there's just way too many guys. There is the problem. Um, you know, with with you know even Andre Holmes, they got Kelvin Benjamin now, uh, Jordan Matthews, Charles Clay might be back, and so. Um, you know, I'm pretty much avoiding this pass attack altogether. Uh, the Saints D is just not a spot I want to attack with QBs and wide receivers. And um, I think we've kind of been uncovering it on this podcast over over these weeks. Like we've been, you know, you and I, we've been playing the Saints defense um, yep. at home or on the road. We're realizing how good Lattimore is. Uh, so just not a spot I'm interested in. Yeah, Lattimore. Uh, Lattimore's been a stud. Now he got he got Mike Evans out for a week, so he, he's doing even more work. Uh, even even during <laughs> even during the week. Uh, moving on to the next game, we have the Browns, the uh, the winless Browns, headed to Detroit. Detroit has, is a big favorite in this game, fared by 12, over under 43.5. On the Cleveland side, the only guy I remotely consider is Duke Johnson at 5,500. Uh, the, the Lions are really tough against the run, but I think it would be a good, nice game script for him if the Lions do get ahead a couple touchdowns. He could catch a lot of passes in the second half. 
Yeah, for me, this uh, Cleveland offense is pretty much a full pass. Uh, yeah. Pretty much you can cue, cue the, the, the tumbleweed uh, gif. <laughs> All right, well, let's just move on to the Lions where there's no point in talking about the Browns. They're, they're brutal. Uh, Matt Stafford, obviously, uh, played really well last week against Green Bay, 26-33, 361 yards, two touchdowns. Last three weeks, he's had 312 yards, 423 yards, 361 yards, really on fire right now. Uh, great matchup. Tough game script, though, um, you know, the, the, with a big favorite. I think they run the ball. But my one concern on that side is I don't think the Lions can run the ball, so maybe he will have to throw the ball a little bit in the second half. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm certainly what I'm worried about. I think what most people will be as well. I mean, that's really, you know, with this Detroit offense, that's really the concern. Of, is this game getting out of hand early, and will Stafford ha- have to really be chucking it for, for all four weeks? For that reason alone, um, even though he has a, uh, you know, b- has been excellent over the last few games. Uh, I just can't make him my favorite quarterback of the week. They did shred the Packers last week on Monday night football. Everyone saw it. Um, it, it is a great matchup against a 28th ranked pass Cleveland, uh, you know, Cleveland pass defense. Uh, but you know, like I said, and, and you pretty much just said it. I mean, the, Cleveland does have a very, very strong run defense. And so I guess my question to you is, do you really foresee a scenario where the lions would just continue to throw it in the second half? If they're a big, yeah, I mean, you look at the Lions running backs and they just, you know, they just, that's where they struggle. I mean, Amir Abdullah had a couple of fumbles last week and got pulled. Um, you know, Theo Riddick didn't do much on the ground. Dwayne Washington had five carries for one yard. So they just, they didn't do anything. Uh, and, and you just wonder that if they get frustrated and start throwing the ball a little bit, they're not going to just run the ball out three and out in the whole second half. So uh, there's no Lions running backs I'm playing, even with a big lead. And I just wonder, uh, you know, maybe they throw for three quarters where most teams would throw for only two quarters. Um, I think Stafford A200 is, is interesting. I think he's really high priced. But I think if I'm going to play Detroit, I'm going to go more with his receivers than with Stafford. Yes. And then, of course, uh, if you are building multiple lineups, I think it would uh, behoove us to at least consider a stack with, uh, you know, Stafford and and Golden Tate, uh, maybe Marvin Jones or or even Ebron who's coming coming along a little bit, getting more playing time. You can uh, you can keep Eric Eric Ebron. It's uh, no interest. It's interesting to me that that Tate still is seventy four hundred. Marvin Jones only sixty four hundred. I actually like. Tate more this week, just kind of in a, uh, you know, bounce back. And Marvin Jones has been so good lately. Marvin Jones is averaging 110 yards and a touchdown over the last three weeks. I mean, he's been beasting. Uh, Jason McCourty should be back uh, for the Browns, which just helped them a little bit. I think he'll probably be in Marvin Jones. But, you know, Stafford really looks to him kind of deep down the sideline a lot. But Golden Tate, I really like this week. I wish he wasn't 7,400, but I wonder if maybe that keeps people off him a little bit. Yeah, I think if, if there was a direction, it would be Golden Tate for me. Uh, be only because Marvin Jones is probably going to be in that Jason McCourty coverage. Not that he can't beat it, uh, but you know, again, you know, it, it's even a scenario where if you really like Stafford, you're you're expecting a specific uh, way for this game to go. You could even just go, um, you know, Stafford without any of the of the running back, uh, any of the receivers, and and can build around it elsewhere. I think uh, I think Golden Tate scores two touchdowns this week. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, you know I trust you, buddy. So I'm gonna gonna have some golden on a team. He's uh, he's had a lot of plays, kind of down close to the goal, and I think he finally gets in a couple times this week. I think that uh, Marvin Jones getting a lot of the attention. I think Golden Tate's the one to own this week. Nice. Writing it down. Beautiful. Uh, what about the Lions' defense? They are 5,300. I think they're the highest priced defense. Uh, if not, they're right there. Um, after back-to-back zero sack games, they had four sacks against the uh, the Packers last week. You know, obviously the key here is that Deshaun Kaiser's a turnover machine. The Browns have multiple turnovers in each of the last four games, 11 turnovers total in the last four games. They just turn the ball over so much. They are pricey, but they give up sacks, they give up turnovers. You got to think the Lions have a good chance to make a big play in this game, especially at home. 
Yes, yes. I, I, I'm foreseeing a pick six here. If I'm paying up, if I have the cap uh, to get you know up from like a 4,600 Pittsburgh or 4,800 Minnesota, uh, you know this is probably where I'm living in the high end range over the Rams and the Jags. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely like the Lions defense here. I want you to know that you fully sold me. I love Darius Slay, one of my favorite players now, because you 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 told me to keep watching him. Yeah, he good. That boy oh, good. He's awesome. I love watching him play cornerback. Uh, moving to the 1 o'clock Pacific games, we have the Houston Texans. I almost said Houston Oilers. Goodness. Headed to uh, the Coliseum <laughs> to face the L.A. Rams. Uh, crazy. I never thought we'd say this, but the Rams are a 12-point favorite in this game. Who would have thought that at the start of the year? Um, on the Houston side of the ball, um, obviously Deshaun Watson's out, which is a huge bummer. Uh, really kills this offense. Tom Savage was horrendous last week. Uh, Lamar Miller, I just don't think he has enough upside. He hasn't topped 75 rushing yards in any game this year. He had two two touchdown games, zero scores otherwise. I just he has to score to provide any value, and at 6,700, I just I like other guys more. I think. Yeah, no, I mean you know full pass. I mean Tom Savage is in that price range. I think just 100 cheaper than Ryan Fitzpatrick, and 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 Fitzpatrick could probably put up three times as many fantasy points in him this week. Um, you know, it's just really hard to to back anyone on a, on a Tom Savage led team. Um, you know, even DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's still priced up there. Uh, he's probably going to get his fair share of targets and catches. Might even get in the end zone, but just not a lot of upside. Even in a, in a spot where they're where they're uh, you know potentially trying to uh, to catch up in the second half. Um, just really no interest here. And, and the same thing with the running backs. I mean, you know, Dante, Dante Foreman had a larger workload, but uh, they definitely want to get him some more work. But, you know, Lamar Miller's the lead dog. Um, you know, no interest here with the Rams favored by two touchdowns. Yeah, Hopkins is only 7,600. You know, he is priced up there, but not quite to where he was. I just, it's a frustrating one for me because I, you know, I think if I don't play him, he's going to get a bunch of fourth quarter garbage time and clean up there. But if I do play him, I'm going to be cursing Tom Savage and how bad he is. Um, I haven't decided what I'm doing Hopkins yet. At 7,600, I think I'll have him in a couple GPP spots just because he just hits so many targets. He had 16 targets last week with Tom Savage playing. What about the Rams side? I mean, we obviously have a, a situation here with Todd Gurley, who's now the most expensive running back of the week. Uh, you never, it's kind of surprising to see. 9,600. Uh, how do you feel about him against some of the other guys in that range, like Lev Bell? Fournette and even Zeke if he ends up uh, getting another uh, another stay. Yeah, I like uh, I like Bell more than Gurley this week. Uh, obviously, Gurley had a big week last week, two touchdowns, 104 total yards, but he wasn't great. You know, he was only 16 for 59, but he had the two touchdowns that really made up for it, and he was so much better than Kareem Hunt and Ezekiel Elliott that he w- he was definitely the play last week among the uh, expensive running backs. The 16 carries were due to the blowout. The Rams had about 150 points on the on the Giants, so he kind of came out of the game early, but fully priced 9600. The Houston Rundy has been good. You know, the last rushing TD they allowed was week one, believe it or not. Yep. Uh, what about the Rams? Uh, you know, the, the Rams passing attack. Uh, anything, anyone interest you here? Uh, I'm not interested in Jared Goff at 8,200, but I kind of like a couple of his receivers. Uh, Cooper Cup is really interesting to me this week. Uh, Kareem Jackson really struggles in the slot uh, among the Houston secondary. Cup has 15 targets last two weeks. Houston's been getting shredded recently. They allowed 175 yards and two touches to T.Y. Hilton last week. Uh, both Paul Richardson and uh, Tyler Lockett at over 100 yards in week eight. So I think uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, who was really good last week with two touchdowns, 19 targets last three weeks. I think those are the two guys I like uh, definitely more than Sammy Watkins. Yeah, uh, Cooper Cup's actually my favorite guy, and also he's the cheapest at 5,900. And like you mentioned, I mean, Kareem Jackson is not just bad, he is horrid. I mean, <laughs> him and Kwan Williams of, uh, of the Niners – are you know pretty much your worst two uh, worst two slot corners stop there? So pick, stop picking on my Niners. Eh, it's it's Quan, man. What can you do? <laughs> He's just bad. Uh, you know, and 
and you know what? Actually, Watkins, he's going to have some matchups uh, lining up against Kevin Johnson, who is um, literally uh, on PFF giving up the most yards per route covered uh, by a nice, pretty solid margin. And so, um, you know, Sammy Watkins does just not get targeted very much. He's not used, you know, correctly. Maybe that's something that McVay um, corrects a bit. I, I think, you know, only caught that one really long touchdown last, last week. Didn't have a catch behind. Besides that. I think people might uh, overlook Watkins a little bit. He's one of those people you love to hate, uh, but I think he deserves some consideration this week. Yeah, I just I worry a little bit about how many snaps he's playing. You know, Cooper Cup played more than he did last week, and he just doesn't get a lot of targets. He, he's so reliant on getting that one big play that that always scares me a little bit. So maybe in a maybe in a GPP, you know, throw him in a couple of them. But uh, I just wonder. I, I hate having to hit that big bomb, or otherwise he does nothing. Next game on the slate is a doozy. The yes, only one with a 50-point uh, or higher total, 50-and-a-half, uh, the grand puba of the slate. Imagine most people will have most of their exposure in this game. Uh, it is worth noting that Vegas total did drop. It did open at 53.5, now at 50-and-a-half. What do you think in this one? Yeah, you know, uh, Dallas coming to Atlanta. Uh, we'll start with the Dallas side. You know, Dak Prescott, 8800 You know, the price is way up there, but he's just been so good. He has three or more touchdowns in five of his last six weeks. That's a crazy, crazy stat. He's been on fire. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, every week cash game consideration. Uh, this week's no different other than the fact that, you know, obviously he's priced up, priced more. If I'm not mistaken, he is more expensive than Tom Brady. Yep, <laughs> he's the most expensive, uh, most expensive quarterback this week. Um, probably like him even more so if Zeke Elliott is out. Uh, and then, of course, we'll have to keep a close eye on Dez in practice this week since he did uh, uh, sprain his ankle, not at full strength. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested here. Yeah, an interesting note that, uh, you know, last week the uh, Falcons faced Cam Newton. Newton had 86 yards and a touchdown rushing. So that uh, that could be another aspect of Prescott's game where he could really step up uh, this week if they if he can get the ball running too. You know, great game script. you got to love a 15-and-a-half point over under. But not only that, but a game that's just, you know, supposed to be close. Falcons are only fared by three. I think this is the uh, this is the shootout game of the week, and we haven't had good luck with those recently, but uh, hopefully we get one this one. So if Ezekiel Elliott plays, we will find out tomorrow. He's 8,900. Uh, someone you're interested in if he's playing? Probably it's it's hard not to, especially uh, with with the way that this game is setting up. Um, yeah, I mean he's definitely. I, I really hope he doesn't uh, because I don't own him anywhere in season long, <laughs> and I think it's just time for the dude to you know just just sit out and, and, and let us use some other guys in DFS this week. Yeah, I mean just a huge volume guy if he plays. Eighty six carries the past three weeks, three hundred ninety yards rushing, and six total touchdowns. He's been a monster lately. And it's one of those things that you know, you know he's going to miss six weeks at some point, so just, there's no reason not to feed him. He's not going to get tired. They know that uh, once he sits, he'll be rested when he comes back. Uh, you know, even Christian McCaffrey ran well against the Falcons last week, so you got to love Zeke if he plays. Uh, I, still, I, think, I think I like Le'Veon Bell a little bit more, but uh, I'll definitely have both of them at some point uh, this week. So now assuming that he doesn't play, uh, what do you think about somebody like Alfred Morris who would most likely be the guy to start if Zeke is out? Uh, pretty cheap at 5,600. Uh, any interest for you there? You know, maybe a little bit. You know, I get he's an obvious value play if Zeke doesn't play and a, a good offensive line and a high-scoring game. I just think it's going to be committee. I think they're going to use Rod Smith. I think uh, Darren McFadden will play. I kind of want to see it play out for a week. I think the key for me is if Zeke doesn't play, I'm really going to look at the Cowboys receivers and figure out where to go there. Yeah, and uh, obviously Terrence Williams had that big game last week, uh, and then Cole Beasley scored a couple of touchdowns on most of my season-long benches. 
Uh, but I do think Rod Smith is the guy that we need to keep an eye on. I do think outside of Zeke, he's the team's most talented back with the most upside. And I do think that he'll come in on some passing downs. So what are you going to do with the receivers? Uh, you know, Des Bryant is uh, questionable. Terrence Williams questionable. Although Terrence Williams is not on the injury report today, so he looks good to go. Um, Des did not practice today. So let's go with the theory that uh, that all they, they both play. Uh, you going to go with either one if they do? Terrence Williams is only 4,600. Yeah. Yeah, forty six hundred. It's 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 hard to pass. And and the thing is, I always you know I've been thinking that Bryce Butler is more talented than him, and he's the guy that should be getting uh, getting the looks. But no, I think that's just that was Terrence's Williams game. Um, there's no way that I'm going back to him. If he beats me, so be it. Um, if 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 Dez is healthy, that's the guy that I'm going to want to get in. So if if Dez sits, are you going to go ter- Terrence Williams then? It's hard to pass at, at that point at forty six hundred, but I don't think Dez will sit. I think if either one sits, uh, I do like the the guy you just mentioned, Bryce Butler at 4900. Uh, very much a big play guy. I think if Dez doesn't play, he's a GPP flyer for me. I think he'll uh, they'll 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 attempt a couple deep balls to him. You never know if those connect, but at 4900, I think he could be a, a really sneaky guy if Dez sits. Yeah, let's see how it plays out. If, if he's out, then I think this is the call right here. You and I are going to make a blood pact and play Bryce Butler. You know that uh, Dez Bryant doesn't have a hundred yard game all year long, right? Uh, please don't remind me. He's been over 75 <laughs> yards once all season long. Uh, I know. I know this it's all too un- well. It's unbelievable. But uh, moving on to the Atlanta side, um, I'm a little scarred by this whole offense recently. I've been big on Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and big on Devontae Freeman uh, multiple times the last couple of weeks. I'm going to let you go first on this one because I don't know if I could do it rationally. Uh, where are you going to huh. come? Uh, where are you going to come with the Falcons offense this week? I mean, you know me. I go cuckoo for Julio. Uh, I want to make sure his leg isn't bothering him and, and that he's in full strength for this one. I'm going to be taking it easy in practice this week. But I think he'll be good to go. Uh, just really maddening with the fact that, um, yeah, I mean, anything could happen in-game. And he can end up uh, you know, leaving at the end of the first quarter and, and just completely screw you. Uh, but obviously the talent is there. There's no questioning that. That's a perfect matchup against this Cowboys secondary that's been – hemorrhaging yardage to big yep. play wide receivers all year. Uh, I wouldn't think about having him twice if I know that he's at full strength, especially with those guys co- uh, covering him. Uh, I wouldn't even call it covering because they won't be able to. Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown will stand no chance against Julio Jones if he is healthy and good to go. Yeah, my only concern is that leg. I watched a lot of this game last week because I had a lot of Julio in a lot of leagues. Um, he was limping a lot last week. You know, he, he heard it early and then he kind of would come out and come back in. So that's my only concern. I think that even if he plays, it's still a concern for me. The crazy thing about him last week, he was six for 118 and he really missed a monster game. He dropped a bomb in the end zone that was right in his hands that he probably catches literally 99 of 100 times. And then Matt Ryan missed him deep on another ball. He could have had 250 yards and two touchdowns really easily last week. I really want to, I'm really hoping Julio's okay and, and, and that uh, we, we note that he gets better over the course of the week because, you know, if, if, if it, as fate would have it, if Zeke does play and Julio doesn't, I mean, this could be a, a crusher, especially with Devonta Foreman not healthy, um, dealing with a shoulder issue, not getting a lot of carries. Uh, Dallas can end up really beating him. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that I'm going to go back to Matt Ryan. I watched a lot of the game last week. Like I said, I thought Matt Ryan looked the best he had all last all, all year last week against Carolina. A road game against a pretty good defense. I thought he played pretty well. Uh, the the one deep ball to Julio he missed was uh, was rough, but you know that's going to happen. Great game script, high scoring game, close spread. I think I'm going to go back to Matt Ryan. This might be my last uh, my last trip to Matt Ryan this year if he if he does not play well. 
Yeah, me too. I mean, depending on the Julio thing, um, if, if Julio's all right, Matt Ryan is actually my 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 favorite, uh, you know, favorite mid-range sort of running back. Um, so I'm, I'm on board with him this week. Uh, so what do we do with the with the Falcons running back? So you've got Devontae Freeman, you have uh, Tevin Coleman. Devontae Freeman hasn't scored in four weeks, hasn't topped 75 rush yards, has not topped 12 carries in the last four weeks. He's been banged up, but hasn't been all involved in the passing game either, doesn't have over 20 yards passing in the last four weeks. He's been awful the last four weeks, but down to 6,500 for a guy who's uh, we know is a stud. I just wonder what uh, what we do with him this week. Again, I think it's all health related. Uh, he, he is dealing with that shoulder stinger. He's not been in uh, the same guy over the last few weeks. Uh, and like you mentioned, it doesn't have more than 11 carries in over a month. Um, you know, this injury might open the door for him, uh, open a door for, for Tevin Coleman, actually. The only thing is, you know, attacking this Cowboys run defense with a healthy Sean Lee is not specifically one that uh, that I love to attack with. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm mostly Ryan and Julio here. What about uh, Muhammad Sanu? He scored the last couple weeks, only three targets last week after he had 17 and two weeks before that. He's the clear number two. You got to think Dallas, as long as Julio plays, is going to double Julio, give him a lot of attention. Um, could be an interesting guy at 5900. He's yeah, he's a good price. I mean, you know, just one game this season over over uh, 15 fantasy points. Uh, but yeah, he's got three touchdowns on the year, um, but, but but hardly clearing 50 yards a game um, over the season. Probably just somebody I'm using if I'm uh, game stacking this one. So moving on to the second to last game, we have the battle of, uh, I think it's one and eight against zero and nine is the, uh, the Giants at the 49ers. Um, on the Giants side, I actually have some interest in this offense. I really like Sterling Shepard, receiver at 5,700. I thought he looked really good last week. I watched the game a little bit. He had nine targets his first week back. I caught five for 70 yards. He was kind of all over the field. They were really going to him a lot. Some short passes, some deep balls. The Niners can't stop anybody. The only thing that's in in stopping receivers against them is game script. You know, they get down so quick. I don't think that'll quite happen this week with the Giants, you know, a close spread. Uh, What do you like on the Giants offense this week? Uh, Honestly, a lot of it for some strange reason. Yeah, it's weird. And just like, yeah, just, you know, over over the last couple hours, uh, you know, prepping for the pod, um, Dark was the guy that I'm most interested in since he's so cheap uh, and he's facing the team that's allowing the most yards per game to opposing runners. And he's been really efficient this year. I mean, he's boasting a 5.1 yards per carry this year, which ranks fourth in the NFL behind Kamara, Alex Collins, Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt. Uh, wow. And of course, these are guys that have had, you know, guys with 60 or more carries. But, you know, he's that leak, uh, that sneaky lower owned pivot. If Alfred Morris is the starter and Zeke obviously misses the game, I think this is a nice, good little spot here. I do think we'll see low double-digit ownership on him. I think some people are definitely aware of his capacity. And so I'm interested in Darkwa. I'm interested in Eli Manning with uh, with Sterling Shepard uh, as a combination there. Um, the problem with Evan Ingram for me is he's really expensive. He I mean, he's expensive. over 7000 now. Yeah, I know. You know, I'm thinking – you know, for that price, I might as well just pay up for Gronk. Yeah, that was my thought when I looked at Ingram too, but he's been a monster. You know, 22 targets the last two games, uh, week 12 or uh, 12 and 10 in the two weeks. He's top 20 in the NFL in targets the last three weeks. That's even with a bye week in one of there. So he's uh, he's right up there in targets. He's fully priced though. It's hard to not go uh, 700 bucks up to Gronk, like you said. Yeah, and and with Sterling Shepard again. Uh, sorry to pick on your boy, but he's going to get that Quan Williams treatment. And uh, you know, if you think Roger Lewis and Tavares King are going to be the one, the recipients of uh, of Eli's uh, passes this week, you've got another thing coming. Sterling Shepard, Darkwa, Eli, I like it all. 
Yeah, Sterling Shepard at 5,700 is probably my favorite wide receiver play of the whole slate. What about on the uh, the other side of the game? Anyone there for you? San Francisco, Marquise Goodwin, Carlos Hyde? Probably not Marquise Goodwin. Janoris Jenkins is back. He's been reinstated. He's going to clearly uh, cover Goodwin a lot. The 49ers don't have any other receivers that he could possibly shift to. Carlos Hyde's interesting, though. 6,700. Uh, the crazy thing with Hyde is the game script's killing his carries, but it's been huge for his catches. He's seventh in all the NFL in targets over the past three weeks. That includes wide receivers and tight ends. He has six more than the high, next highest running back. He has 28 targets the last three weeks. He had nine catches for 84 yards last week. Uh, and I think Shanahan's realized that they have to use his skills somewhere. When they get down, they can't run the ball up the middle a bunch. They, they're using him in the pass game. He's a great pass catcher. Um, I think at 6,700, he, he has a lot of value there. Absolutely, and especially with uh, with the receivers that they're that, they, that they've got out there. Uh, George Kittle is going to miss this game, um, and so you know Hyde. He was targeted eleven times. You know, caught nine, caught nine passes for eighty four yards. You know, even if he's not running, he's still is still a value. Half point PBR, full point PBR. I like him. I talk about him every week. One of my favorite running backs in the league, and priced nicely there at sixty seven hundred. Um, the last guy I want to mention and want to know what you think here is uh, is Mister Selleck. That would be Grant, not Brent. Minimum salary. The Giants have allowed again since they let a touchdown to Higby last week uh, of the Rams. They have allowed a tight end to score a touchdown against them every single week. And now it's Selleck. So is it Selleck week? Well, first of all, his name's Garrett, not Grant. So we got to go with that. Um, uh, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's min price. He's 4500 Like you said, the Giants and tight ends is a huge thing. Um, I don't know. I think if you need a, if you need a punt play, he's a fine play. There's just a, too many tight ends in the in the five thousand, six thousand range. I like a lot more than I'm willing to go up to. I don't think I'll have a lot of select this week. I just I think there's other options I like more, but uh, I could see it. And against the Giants, uh, you know that uh, that narrative clearly works. I just don't think he's very good. I don't think C.J. Beathard's very good. Their offensive line is an absolute disaster right now. Although Joe Staley was kind of back at practice today, he's wearing a wearing a visor, and we don't really know how his orbital bone is, but. Um, the Niners are such a mess. We talk about the Giants' offense. The Niners' defense is so banged up. I mean, you look at their depth chart. It's all those little red cross, red cross icons all over it. Uh, they're a mess. I think I'm not going to have Selleck this week, but I understand the rationale if you want to. And so now our uh, – I don't know. Would you would you call this a coup de grace? Uh, it, it could be the final death blow for, for people in, on the slate. Uh, the New England Patriots – Seven and a half favorites on the road against the Denver Broncos, who have been getting crushed of late, and an over-under of 46 and a half. What say you about the Patriots offense? Tough game, right? I mean, you've got a Patriots offense obviously really good, but you've got a Denver defense that has been really, really good, aside from last week when, when Philadelphia kind of tore them up. You know, it's Tom Brady. He's 8,500, but it's, it's Tom Brady. It's a tough matchup. Um, you know, Wentz got them last week for four touchdowns, only 199 yards, so we didn't go crazy on him. He just kind of hit the touchdowns at the right time. No one has thrown for 240 yards or more on Denver all year long. Brady has over 240 every single game. So uh, which way? Which one's going to give? Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to end up being somewhere there in the middle. Uh, could definitely see him throwing for two touchdowns, 280 yards or so, uh, and, and breaking that 240 threshold. Uh, but I don't know. They're just, you know, the matchups aren't necessarily all that great. I think Akeem Tlaib is going to be sticking to Brandon Cooks like glue. Cooks could explode on him, of course. Um, but to me here, you know, the, the issue is Chris Hogan isn't in the game. So uh, most likely is not going to play this game. So you're going to have to have guys like Philip Dorsett step up. Uh, Danny Amendola, I believe, is uh, still 
questionable and may not play this game either. I mean, it's just looking like a Gronk game pretty much. He's the guy that makes the most sense. He's got, uh, you know, seven touchdowns in his last seven games against the Broncos. And this is a defense that has, you know, this is their weak spot is, is getting crushed over the middle, uh, including that game to Travis Kelsey two weeks ago. Uh, the tight end for the Chiefs had seven catches for 133 yards. Uh, I think Gronk is one of my favorite plays uh, at, from this game altogether. Yeah, you talk about tight ends against Denver. They've given up five-plus catches every single week but the first week. They get up over 70 yards to tight ends in any given week in six of the eight weeks. I mean, they've, they, they've just been getting killed by tight ends, and it makes sense because their corners are so good. They shut down receivers. You know, quarterbacks have to look for somebody else. They look at the tight end. Um, I think if I'm playing heavily in this game, I'm gonna be. it's going to be a Brady-Gronk stack with the hope that he scores multiple touchdowns. Yes, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I think only Dorsett sticks out to me as a, as a sneaky GPP play. Uh, Denver is very good at stopping the run, and so – you know, I, I don't think they're going to be running straight at him a lot with uh, with Deion Lewis and Mike Gillisley. I think you'll see a lot of mixed in uh, James White and some Rex Burkhead. I mean, they have a a, a four a, a four uh, a quattro beast there with those guys. <laughs> but um, no one really I'm interested in here. Um, really outside of Gronk, maybe a little bit of Brady, and then Dorsett if I'm really uh, really going out there. Yeah, I think I've said it the last couple of weeks. There's, there's no point in playing Patriots running backs. There's no way to know what's going to happen unless you work in the for the Patriots or work for Bill Belichick. There's no way to know who's going to get the carries. You just, there's just a stay away altogether, unless one or two of those guys gets hurt. You can think about that in a week's after. But I'm just there's just no way to play those running backs. And what about on the Broncos side? I mean, we're going to see Brick Osweiler. I'm sorry, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> he's so he's <laughs> so, he- so bad. So bad. Yeah. Uh, and I think it limits the allure of both Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, who was, uh, I don't believe, um, either mispracticed or was limited to practice on Wednesday, even if it is against this sad Patriots defense. Um, you know, really no one I'm interested here. And I'm not going to try to force a play just because it's the evening game. Um, but I do want to note that, uh, and I know you've noticed it, Devontae Booker, he looked like the team's best running back last week. Uh, not somebody I'm going to use, but definitely someone I'm intrigued in. Um, but, you know, at some point, C.J. Anderson, I mean, he's just been so bad. At some point, he's got to get back in the mix a little bit, no? Uh, that's going to be hard for you to say because I'm pretty sure that you're the president of the C.J. Anderson fan club for many years. I know, but I'm also <laughs> real realistic and not that stubborn. Yeah, I uh, I don't think I want any part of the of the Broncos running backs. I want to see that kind of flesh out over the next couple of weeks, see if Booker gets some more carries, see if C.J. Anderson can kind of reclaim it a little bit, see what Jamal Charles does. I just With three-headed monster, I just want to stay away. Um, I do like Demarius Thomas, though. 6,800, he kind of comes in that mid-range. 21 targets last two weeks. They're really kind of forcing him the ball. Could be a really nice game script for him. You know, the Patriots have struggled all year long against uh, the passing game. If they get behind, you know, the Patriots are a 7.5-point underdog or 7.5-point favorite. If the Broncos get behind, I think you see a lot of Demarius Thomas in the second half. He very quietly, you know, everybody's talked about his, the lack of touchdowns. He only has one touchdown in the year. But 65-plus yards in six of the eight games. He had two stinkers that he got a lot of uh, a lot of heat for. A lot of people played him in those games. He had uh, under 12 yards in those games. But the other six games, he's been really good. He's been really solid. He presents a nice floor. And if he gets in the end zone, then he's suddenly he's a GPP guy. Yes, and 12 targets last week against Philly. Caught eight of those balls for 70 yards, scoring his first touchdown of the season finally. Uh, yeah, I think it's just Brock Osweiler sort of limits his upside, but – Hey, we're talking about this uh, New England Patriots defense that's mi- missing a lot of key pieces, and uh, you know, a very, uh, uh, a very bad secondary. And so, I think for that reason alone, uh, we'll, we'll see how it balances out with Brock at quarterback. Uh, but I think he could be in play here. 
All right, so that's the uh, that's the Sunday Hammer game. Why don't we hit a quick wrap up? Uh, kind of let everybody know kind of uh, how it fleshes out. Who's our top plays at uh, each each salary spot? Who's your top overall play at quarterback this week? I know I didn't sound too enthused during that game, but for me, I have Matt Ryan, uh, Dak Prescott, just a little too pricey for me. I think I'd rather take the discount in that game on Ryan. Um, of course, this is Julio uh, Julio dependent. What about yourself? Yeah, my top role play is Dak Prescott, but with the uh, with the note that that's if Ezekiel Elliott does not play. If uh, he doesn't play, uh, he's my top quarterback. If he does play, I think at 8,800, I probably will stay away a little bit more than I would have. Uh, I love Matt Ryan in the mid-range. I think I'm going back to him for the last time. Uh, what about some fades for you? Any any quarterbacks, say, in the top 15 or so that you're not playing this week? No, I think I'm probably going to have Stafford um, less than most, so that's probably the only spot, um, you know, the only guy that I'm, I'm not really um, – super considering uh my favorite cheap play i think i've already mentioned it ryan Fitzmagic, fitzpatrick <laughs> and then my sneaky low percentage play eli manning yeah i think uh, i think eli's interesting you know the niners just can't stop anybody my fades uh, i'm fading jared goff this week i just I, I don't like him in that game script i'm also fading kirk cousins i don't like anybody against uh, any pass passers against the uh, Minnesota no. defense my sneaky low percentage play and i think this game might turn into a shootout is actually tyrod taylor against the saints very interesting. Yeah, we're we're on we're on different uh, different spots there, and that's tough coming from a guy that loves Tyrod. Yeah, I, I, I like the New Orleans pass defense. It's it's uh, more to me if they get in a shootout. If they have to come from behind, I like Tyrod to uh, to run the ball a little bit. Uh, maybe maybe throw one or two touchdowns. Run one run one into it might uh, kind of rack up the garbage time, kind of like he did last week. Fair enough. Uh, what about on the running back side? Uh, well, it's not a side, but how about the running backs? Top <laughs> overall play and your top mid-range play. My my top overall play this week is Le'Veon Bell. I think the volume is just too insane to ignore this week. Going against the uh, going against the Colts, I think it's to be a perfect game script for him. My top mid-range plays are Jordan Howard and Carlos Hyde, uh, respectively. Uh, how about you? Top overall for me, Leonard Fournette. Uh, Le'Veon Bell gets the the secondary nod, but just a little bit more expensive there. Top mid-range, I'm with you all the way, Jordan Howard. You think Jordan Howard will be high percentage this week? I think because of the price, uh, I, I mean, no one's truly going to be high percentage where you're going to see right. guys at you know 30 percent owned or more, but probably live in that fifteen to to twenty four percent range or so. All right, so pretty high percentage. Uh, my favorite cheap play we talked about a bunch is Orleans Darkwa, and I really like him more. Like you said, if uh, if Zeke sits and Alfred Morris becomes a play, I like Darkwa even more because I think his percentage drops as as people shift to Alfred Morris. And it's funny because we're on the same page and we did not talk about that beforehand. It's nope. exactly the same scenario. Orleans Darkwa, my favorite cheap play, uh, especially if no Al, if no Zeke and Morris is in play. I know it sounds risky, but I'm fading Todd Gurley this week at 9,600. I have the same right here. And that's, wow. uh, you know, probably going to get a ton of carries. But I think uh, a decent run defense there, even if no, no Wad and uh, – but and he's pricey, and I think you know he really needs to absolutely smash uh, to hit value. I mean, you're you're looking at a, a nearly thirty points that you need out of him to get that three x. And I think for that reason alone, um, there are better spots to go for. Some sneaky lower percentage guys. There's actually a few guys I like that I think will be lower percentage normal. I think Lashawn McCoy is really interesting um, in that game at home against the Saints. Uh, you know, we've talked about the fact that the Saints give up some yard, yards on the ground. At 8,300, I don't think a lot of people will have him. Uh, just a, kind of a weird price range for him. I also think Devontae Freeman's interesting. 6,500. Uh, he's so talented, so good on a, you know offense that should be explosive at home. I just wonder if maybe he finally gets it going. 
Yeah, for me, my sneaky low percentage guy it may be a little bit of cheating, but it, it, it's Carlos Hyde because I don't think he'll be that low percentage, especially at the price. Uh, but I'm really failing to to find too many guys that uh, you know that I love, um, especially with all those pass catchers. I think McKinnon could be a sneaky low percentage guy, but for the most part, I'm sort of sticking with my plays in terms of Fournette, Howard, Darkwa, and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that's that's actually good advice. I'm gonna try. I'm trying to stick with my plays a little bit more. I've I've uh, I've struggled in the weeks where I kind of spread out too much, and, and I, I think I need to stick with my core a little bit more and, and win or lose with the guys that I really like. What about the wide receivers? Your top overall play and uh, two mid range plays. Uh, my top overall play is Julio. Uh, that assumes some health there. Obviously, I think that uh, Antonio Brown is obviously a great play this week too. I'm gonna. I haven't played around with too many rosters yet. I'm gonna try and find a way to maybe play both of them in some lineups, see if that works. But uh, you know, it might be tough. But I'd like to try that. My top two mid range plays: um, Golden Tate for sure. I mentioned two touchdowns this week, and uh, believe it or not, I'm gonna go back on Michael Thomas. I think. I think he finally gets in the end zone this week. So my top overall play this week is AJ Green. I like. Uh, I think you know. Despite I lo- despite loving Julio Jones, um, he just concerns me. I think if I'm playing uh, in my cash game lineups, I'll take the hundred savings and go with Green over Julio. Playing Julio in my stacks, uh, you know, stacking up this game. Top mid range guys: Sterling Shepard for me, and then also Juju Smith Schuster. Despite the price increase, is sixty five hundred. Well, I cheated a little bit. I put Sterling Shepard in uh, my top cheap play, so I guess I cheated a little bit there. I put him under since he was under six thousand. I thought he was all right there. I also like Cooper Cup as a as a cheap play. Uh, what are your cheap favorites? Uh, I've got you know it, Humphreys, Adam Humphreys for Tampa Bay. You and, love that. You love that. Uh, guy. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it is. It's not. It's not. I, I like the matchup. I like the matchup this week. Um, I think he, he he puts up some points. And so him and Dontrell Inman, I'm probably, you know, I might be a little skittish and may not roll with Inman uh, unless I'm building, you know, 20 plus teams, which I may do this week. Um, you know, outside of that, the only guy I'm potentially considering is, is Marquise Goodwin for 5,300. Yeah. And then obviously if Dez sits, uh, Terrence Williams at 4,600 has to come in, in, in equation a little bit. How about your fades? Uh, for me, pretty simple. Uh, you know, I, I'm not taking any major stance here. It's Kelvin, Benjamin, Keenan Allen, and uh, Brandon Cooks are my fades. Yeah, anybody on the Chargers for me, too, going against Jacksonville. But my fade this week is actually going to be someone who's going to be very popular. 6,400, I'm fading Marvin Jones this week. I think it's a Golden Tate week, uh, all full board there. I like that. And I think uh, to to some extent I'm going to be fading uh, the chalky John Jackson at 6,300 as well. Any uh, any sneaky low percentage guys? Mine would be Bryce Butler, um, but that uh, kind of uh, kind of involves Dez or Terrence Williams not playing. For me, it mine is what you put for cheap play, uh, but I just at fifty nine hundred, I didn't consider him cheap. My sneaky low percentage play is Cooper Cup. All right, uh, and then I'll and then Dontrell Inman in, in, in the mix there. Yeah, Dontrell Inman will be super sneaky, super cheap, and very low percentage. And probably be inactive. <laughs> well, at, least, at least if he's inactive, we'll, we'll know that before game time. So there, you got that going for you, which is nice. What about exactly. uh, what about tight end? My top overall play, uh, pretty clear from talking about it, is Rob, Rob Gronkowski this week. Rob Gronkowski for me as well. Uh, in the mid-range, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins. No. And, uh, and my, cheap, my cheap play... Um, uh, Garrett, don't call me Grant Selleck. <laughs> uh, my <laughs> my top mid-range guys, I really like Cam Brait, and then I like Delaney Walker as kind of a, a sneakier guy. I think people are being off him. I think he finally scores his first touchdown this week. Uh, my fade is obviously Austin Safarian Jenkins, and uh, my sneaky low percentage play, I think Kyle Rudolph's going to fly under the radar this week and have a good game. 
I like him. And start him in your fantasy leagues, folks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ingram, uh, Ingram is my fade, and my sneaky low percentage guy. I think you liked him as well, and I played him last week, so I just need that vindication. Cameron Brait. Uh, what about uh, defense? My top overall play is the Lions. Uh, how about you? The Lions for me, and I would say that Jacksonville is secondary. Yeah. What about uh, what about some top cheaper plays or some low percentage plays? Anybody you like uh, for coming off of Detroit? Who do you like? You know, Pittsburgh is just too cheap at 4,600. I really like that spot, especially if they get off to a big lead. I uh, think they have a very strong defense overall against the pass and the run. Um, so I like, you know, Brissett to potentially make some mistakes. I don't typically target Brissett. And, uh, you know, for that reason, I think, you know, a team like Chicago is interesting for me as well. As you mentioned, they're really cheap as well. 4,300, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then also the Minnesota Vikings are in play every week and they're always under 5,000. And even though they're on the road and it is Kirk Cousins, a decent quarterback who plays well at home, uh, I'm always willing to consider Minnesota. I like that because I think everybody you know, kind of likes Detroit and Chicago and Pittsburgh. Those were all on my list too. But Minnesota's kind of off the radar a little bit. Uh, that's an interesting one. I like them a little more at home, but uh, they're, they're really good defense. Uh, I'm fading Jacksonville this week. Uh, I don't think I'm going to pay up for them with Detroit the same price or similar price. Um, I just think Phillip Rivers is not someone I want to target. I don't think he'll make too many mistakes. Yeah, and I don't really have a fade uh, this week. I mean, you know, I'm cons- considering everything and everybody. Um, you know, hard stands. What about a, you know, my sneaky low percentage play? I just popped them in there. I don't know if I'll have the gall to play them, but it's the the New, the New York Giants. I think they're coming in at forty three hundred. Is that a spot you might consider? Hey, anybody, anybody facing C.J. Beathard is is live for me. Nice. Any uh, any kickers that jump out to you like? My favorite this week is uh, far and away Chris Boswell with the uh, Steelers at forty eight hundred. Uh, at, at indoors at Indy. Yes, yes. Chris Boswell, my number one guy as well. Uh, you know, I love Matt Prater. I've got him on every single one of my, my season-long dude's, teams. Uh, uh, dude is awesome. That's why. Yeah, yeah. And the best part is I uh, dropped him prior to his buy because I needed the drop, and then I just spent the money. I mean, it wasn't much. But it was like maybe – you know, three percent of my fab, but I make sure I made sure to get Prater back on every one of my teams. Dude's just a beast and endorse always. For my for my first time ever, I had the most money in an NFFC league, and I just uh, bid on someone today. I bid a dollar more than the second highest just to get somebody. I've never done that before. Hey, you got it, 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 kickers. Kickers matter, man. Kicker. Oh no, my, <laughs> mine was not a kicker. Mine was uh, Matthew like Marshawn Lynch got dropped in my league. Oh, did you get him or you haven't checked yet? Uh, I bid more than anybody else had, so I had to get him, yeah. <laughs> oh, got it. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, yeah. G- good listening there, Vlad. Oh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's an hour and 20 minutes in. You're allowed to tune out uh, a little bit. I'm sure you're tired of hearing my voice by this point. <laughs> uh, anybody else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to pump? Anything else you want to uh, you want to throw out there? No, I think it's just important people keep an eye on the weather. I don't see, you know, that much early on in the week, but we're going to, you know, need to know a little bit later um, in the week. And all this, you know, you know, these injuries with Julio Jones, Delaney Walker, um, you know, even even Adam Humphreys was a little dinged up, if, if you could believe that. So keep an eye, uh, keep 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 track of the news on Sunday morning and, uh, you know, don't let the next Trey Burton pass you by. Do you want to, do you want to mention Adam Humphreys one more time? Uh, if we have if we have another few minutes i absolutely might we maybe maybe we can get him to be a guest on the podcast next week uh, i'll have i'll have my people call his people i'm sh- i'm sure he's not busy on wednesday nights <laughs> <laughs> well thanks everybody for listening to the rotowire nfl dfs podcast for week 10 again we are sponsored by fanduel much uh, much thanks to fanduel for that if you want to follow us on twitter i am at scott jenstead jenstead is j-e-n-s-t-a-d vlad is at rotogut r-o-t-o-g-u-t 
Uh, we'll definitely uh, be posting some uh, some plays later in the week. Uh, you know, as the injuries and suspensions kind of uh, lay themselves out, we'll uh, we'll uh, let you know how that affects our plays and our values, that kind of thing. But other than that, thanks everybody for listening. We greatly appreciate. It. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next week.